Thank you for joining us at the First Baptist Church of Coleraine, Massachusetts, as Pastor Jim Rennie continues to faithfully challenge and encourage us in the Word. And it is our prayer that this message will encourage the believer and bring the unbeliever closer to a saving knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. All right, should be a, a Bible in the pew if you didn't bring one. I'd like to follow along. I'm going to read Exodus chapter 12, it's 30 verses. You say, what on earth has that got to do with Memorial Day? All will be revealed. Exodus chapter 12. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron in Egypt, this month is to be for you the first month, the first month of your year. Tell the whole community of Israel that on the 10th day of this month, each man is to take a lamb and his family, one for each household. If any household is too small for a whole lamb, then they must share one with their nearest neighbor, having taken into account the number of people they're in. There are to determine the amount of lamb needed in accordance with what each person will eat. The animals you choose must be year-old males without defect, and you may take them from the sheep or the goats. Take care of them until the 14th day of the month, when all the people of the community of Israel must slaughter them at twilight. Then they are to take some of the blood, put it on the sides and tops of the door frames of the houses where they eat the lambs. That same night they are to eat the meal, the meat roasted over the fire, along with bitter herbs and bread made without yeast. Do not eat the meat raw, or cooked in water, but roast it over the fire, head, legs, and inner parts. Do not leave any of it till morning. If some is left till morning, you must burn it. This is how you are to eat it, with your cloak tucked into your belt, your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hands. Eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. On that same night, I will pass through Egypt and strike down every firstborn, both men and animals. And I will bring judgment on all the gods of Egypt. I am the Lord. The blood will be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. No destructive plague will touch you when I strike Egypt. This is the day you are to commemorate for the generations to come. You shall celebrate it as a festival to the Lord, a lasting ordinance. For seven days you are to eat bread made without yeast. On the first day, remove the yeast from your houses, for whoever eats anything with yeast in it from the first day through the seventh must be cut off from Israel. On the first day, hold a sacred assembly and another one on the seventh day. Do no work at all on these days except to prepare food for everyone to eat. That is all you may do. Celebrate the Feast of Unleavened Bread because it was on this day that I brought your divisions out of Egypt Celebrate this day as a lasting ordinance for the generations to come. 
In the first month, you are to eat bread made without yeast from the evening of the 14th day until the evening of the 21st day. For seven days, no yeast is to be found in your houses, and whoever eats anything with yeast in it must be cut off from the community of Israel, whether he is an alien or native-born. Eat nothing made with yeast. Wherever you live, you must eat unleavened bread. Then Moses summoned all the elders of Israel and said to them, Go at once and select the animals for your families and slaughter the Passover lamb. Take a bunch of hyssop, dip it in the blood in the basin and put some of the blood on the top and on both sides of the door frame. Not one of you shall go out the door on this house until morning. When the Lord goes through the land to strike down the Egyptians, he will see the blood on the top and the sides of the door frames and will pass over that doorway. And he will not permit the destroyer to enter your houses and strike you down. Obey these instructions as a lasting ordinance for you and your descendants when you enter the land that the Lord give you as he promised. Observe this ceremony. And when your children ask you, what does this ceremony mean to you? Then tell them, it is the Passover sacrifice to the Lord who passed over the houses of the Israelites in Egypt and spared our homes when he struck down the Egyptians. Then the people bowed down and worshiped. The Israelites did just what the Lord commanded Moses and Aaron At midnight, the Lord struck down all the firstborn in Egypt, from the firstborn of Pharaoh, who sat on the throne, to the firstborn of the prisoner who was in the dungeon, and the firstborn of all the livestock as well. Pharaoh and all his officials and all the Egyptians got up during the night, and there was loud wailing in Egypt, for there was not a house without someone dead. May the Lord give us understanding of his word this morning. Amen. We'll pray. Heavenly Father, again, such a blessing to be here this morning. We thank you. We pray that through this message that we've prepared for the people, that you will speak to us, and may we gain some truth from it, and remember those that have, made the ultimate sacrifice and also particularly remember you that made the ultimate sacrifice in order to bring us to God. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So each year we observe Memorial Day because it's a day to remember, it's a remembrance day. People that have died in wars fighting for our freedom, it is a time to commemorate, to commemorate The word commemorate, if you don't know already, means to pay tribute, to pay homage to, to honor, salute, toast, remember, is that word again, recognize, acknowledge, observe, mark, memorialize immortalize, to keep alive, 
the memory of. And that's why we're here today, amen, to do that. Uh, we read the word commemorate in the book of Exodus this morning when God commanded Moses to tell the people of Israel to commemorate this day, the day you came out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery, because the Lord brought you out of it with a mighty hand. You must keep this ordinance at the appointed time year after year. And this is what we do with memorial service. We do it year after year. We remember. We commemorate. Amen. Every year the Jews remember the Passover to remind them of when their ancestors were told to kill innocent lambs and paint the lamb's blood around the doorposts of their homes. That night, a plague came through the land of Egypt, and whoever had the doors marked by the blood of the lamb, then death would pass over them, and they would be saved from death. And those that didn't have the blood, the firstborn in that home would die. Symbolically, this also represents salvation for believers being saved from eternal death, from spiritual death, because of the shed blood, the sinless blood of the one who was without defect and blemish, Jesus Christ, the one who was born of a virgin, the one who was without sin, the only one who's ever been born who was without sin, who died on a wooden cross. You think about the, uh, the door frames and the posts around the house, they were made from wood. Jesus died on a wooden cross. The Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world. Peter, in 1 Peter 1, 18 through 19, he says this. For you know, do you know? Do you know that you're saved? Do you know that you're going to heaven when you leave this world? For you know that it was not with perishable things, because everything's going to fade and die with perishable things such as silver or gold, that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your ancestors, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. Those Israelites, like I said, that didn't have the blood painted around their doorposts, it would produce death in their families. When the firstborn of that house would die that night, if they didn't follow Moses' instructions. So it happened in the homes of the Egyptians and forced the stubborn King Pharaoh to reluctantly allow the Israelites to leave Egypt, having lost his own firstborn son in that plague. It says there in verse 31, which we didn't read. During the night, Pharaoh summoned Moses and Aaron. Aaron was Moses' brother. And says, up, leave my people, you and the Israelites. Go worship the Lord as you have requested. Take your flocks and herbs. And as you have said, and go and also bless me. You read verse 29 there. At midnight, the Lord struck down all the firstborn in Egypt from the firstborn of Pharaoh who sat on the throne. Every firstborn that didn't have the blood pasted on the doors would die. And when the death angel came through, it would pass over 
when he saw the blood, when he saw the blood, he would pass over. Now, Memorial Day, we know, is another day to remember, the day of remembrance. Uh, I'd like to read a true story of one man who will never forget the time of warfare and anyone who's been involved in war, some of you that are here today, will never remember what that was like. I remember my, my dad. America didn't join the Second World War till 1942, once the Japanese uh, bombed Pearl Harbor, then they were kind of forced into it. But that was salvation for Europe, because Britain was fighting alone. The war started 1939, and my dad, he came down from Scotland and to uh, Leicester, England, where I was born the first time. And he joined the Leicestershire Regiment. He signed up, he volunteered, and he was in the duration of the war from 1939 to the end of it, 1945, and he'd been all over the world. And he just wouldn't talk about it a lot. He wouldn't talk about it because it was so horrendous and the things that he'd experienced and the things that he saw in the death. And it was just horrible. And it's a day of remembrance, and the ones that have been involved in uh, ones that have been involved in wars, they don't want to talk about it too much, and they will never forget what it was like. Uh, October 1942, during World War II, a pilot was on a mission in a B-17 to deliver an important message to General Douglas MacArthur in New Guinea, Papua New Guinea where we were as missionaries. That was before our time, by the way. <laughs> so they're flying, it's important getting this message to uh, MacArthur. But somewhere over the South Pacific, the flying fortress became lost beyond radio reach. Fuel ran dangerously low, so they had to ditch the plane in the ocean. Fortunately, it never, you know, fell into pieces. It was a nice landing, the sea was calm and uh, they were all able to get out of the plane and into a raft, life raft. They were there for about a month, this pilot and his companions. They would endure many dangers from the sea, the changeable weather, scorching sun and heat, and starvation. The rations uh, would, had run out. They spent many sleepless days and nights recoiling from the sharks that were 10 feet long, that were ramming their flimsy raft. After eight days at sea, their rations were all gone and they knew it was just a matter of time before they would die unless a miracle would happen to sustain them. Do you believe in miracles? And the miracle did happen. This is what happened, the pilot recounts. He says, in the raft, obviously believer, we read from the Bible that afternoon and finished with a prayer for deliverance and a hymn of praise. There was some talk, but it all tapered off in the oppressive heat. With my hat pulled over my eyes to keep out the glare of the baking sun, I started to doze off. Then suddenly I felt something land on my head. Yeah, hang on. And I knew it had to be a seagull. I don't know how I knew, I just knew it. Everyone else knew it too because they could see it on the top of my head. It just landed on the top of my head out of nowhere. No one said a word, but peering out from under my hat without moving my head, I could see the expression on their faces. They were staring wide-eyed at that gull, 
because that goal meant food. But only if I could grab it before it flew away. Well, thank God that he did grab it. And uh, after they plucked its feathers and its flesh was eaten, they had a good meal. Its intestines were used for bait to catch many fish. They survived until they were rescued, which they were, and he lived to tell the tale. Their prayers were answered. Those survivors were sustained and their hopes renewed because the Lord sent a lone seagull hundreds of miles from land to offer itself as a living sacrifice. Are you getting the point? All the men survived, including the pilot, who never forgot that gull, because every Friday evening, about sunset, on a lonely stretch of Florida coastline, you could see this old man walking with a bucket filled with shrimp to feed, guess what, the seagulls. To remember that one, that one seagull who gave its life so many could live. Jesus said, John 15, 13, greater love has no one than this, that a man should lay down his life for his friends. That's what Jesus did for us. The price that Jesus paid on that cross cost him his life that so many could live eternally. Oh yes, there is life after death and there's no coming back. Don't believe that life from the pit of hell. There is no thing, such thing as reincarnation as it is appointed unto man once to die and after that the judgment. Approximately three million US servicemen and women have died over the past two centuries and, and more fighting for our country's freedom fighting for our freedom. And freedom doesn't come free because the price of freedom is paid in blood, spilt blood. And because Jesus, he willingly suffered and died to pay the penalty for our sins, to shed his sinless blood, we can not only be forgiven of our sins, but also enter into heaven when we leave this world, which we will. So we need to make the choice to believe what Jesus did on that cross for us because we're sinners, believe in our heart after he was buried that he rose again from the dead and then receive him. Have you ever asked Jesus to save your soul? He's the only one that can. You want eternal life? You've got to go through Jesus. There's no other way. And you'll remember those words, either now or in eternity. The official day of America's freedom was on the 4th of July, 1776, with the signing of the Declaration of Independence. And even though those 13 colonies declared freedom as an independent country, the people were still not free. There had to be a war to be fought. Many lives were lost before freedom was finally won. And ever since then, many, Numerous Americans, and I'm so grateful being born in Britain. If it wasn't for the sacrifice of those Americans, I'd be speaking German right now. And you'd probably be speaking Japanese. I'm not being racially incorrect or anything like that. You understand what I'm saying? 
the Americans that have sacrificed their lives in various conflicts down the years, beginning with the Revolutionary War up until the present Afghanistan War. So today, let's remember, let's commemorate those who have made the ultimate sacrifice that paid the price for our freedom with their blood, just as the Jews, even today, every year, they commemorate when the blood of innocent lambs died to pay the price in their blood to save hundreds and thousands of Israelites. Now, we Christians, likewise, we remember, we commemorate the innocent Lamb of God, Jesus Christ, who made the ultimate sacrifice for us, who paid the price for our salvation in his own precious blood to purchase our freedom, our freedom from Satan, God's enemy, and ours, freedom from sin and freedom from death. So let us remember, let us remember. Amen. And Father, we do remember this, the purpose why we're here. This is why we attend this building each and every week. We remember the price that you paid on that cross to bring us to God. It was a very costly price. You were without sin. You were totally innocent. The charges they trumped up against you were all lies. They, as Pilate says, well, I find no fault in this man. But you knew you had to go to that cross. You had to be the, the Lamb of God who sacrificed and shed your innocent, sinless, precious blood on that cross to pay the price. And we thank you that you did pay the price because we're sinners. The price had to be paid. No sinner can enter into heaven. But once we receive you as our savior, we receive the righteousness of God because you are the righteousness. You are God in the flesh. You said, I and my father are one. You've seen God, you've seen me. And you prove that by the many miracles that you perform that no one has ever done before or capable of doing. And the greatest miracle of all, having died, you rose again from the dead, proved that you were alive before you ascended into heaven. You sit now at the right hand of the Father, making intercession for us. And those that call upon your name, the name which is above every name, shall be saved, saved from death eternal death and I pray whoever you are wherever you may be listening to this message have you ever asked Jesus to save you you must realize that you're a sinner you're not perfect and nothing imperfect can enter into heaven you must you must enter in with the blood of Christ that not only covers your sins but takes it away having received Jesus as your savior so I hope and pray that you do that and they will take this to heart, what you've learned this morning. And may we never forget what he did. And may we never forget the sacrifice that Americans have made in order for us to be able to be here and worship in peace and safety. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you again for tuning in. You can find our podcasts on Apple Podcasts and anywhere else you find podcasts. We'd love for you to join us at the First Baptist Church in Coleraine for Sunday morning worship at 11 a.m. We are located at 81 Foundry Village Road, Coleraine, Massachusetts.
If you have any questions or inquiries, please feel free to call the church at 413-624-8886. Hope to see you soon. God bless.